0: Been a while since I have worn one of these, and uh, I was sitting back there. Uh, <clears throat> I think my wife thought maybe I was going to kill myself trying to get this thing on. So, uh, anyway, I, I think it's on, I think it's functioning. I think we're going go. um, with all of this paraphernalia. And uh, I am, uh, as I've already talked to Cole and uh, some of you up here, you young people, you know, I'm an old man. So uh, you get all of this paraphernalia and your hearing aids and uh, and all kinds of things. Then you put the mask on, and uh, I didn't even bring my mask up. You're just going to have to wait. Somebody asked me if I walk around much when I'm up here, and I said, no, I don't hardly ever walk around, but uh, <clears throat> make an exception to the rule. And so I came in this morning, and I had this thing on, and uh, you know what I— I think of these things, I think they're just flat out annoying. I don't know if that's how you, <laughs> how you feel about it or not. But, uh, <clears throat> and, and it's not, I know they're annoying to some of you, you know, because it simply says Indiana on it and not Purdue or not U of L or Ball State or, and I, I'm almost really reluctant even to mention this one. Because it doesn't say "UK" on it, you know, and so uh, <laughs> but, but I won't say that. I hope to be able to encourage you this morning. And Rob wanted to thank you for the class. I thought it was excellent from First Samuel. Appreciate that. And by the way, I've, uh, I've heard that in difficult times Uh, One thing you don't want to do is lose your sense of humor. You, You want to be able at least sometimes to go ahead and laugh. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. In the last 18 to 20 years, Susan and I have visited with you in this place maybe, I'm guessing, 12 to 14 times total. And most of that has been within the last two or two and a half months. Susan and I have been privileged to see, I guess, a lot of the world. And for five years we lived in Italy as missionaries. We're able to see a lot of things, do a lot of things. We were able to see a lot of church buildings. And uh, one I remember in particular, I guess you could call it a church building. It's in Milan, Italy. And it's called the Duomo. It's <laughs> the immensity of it, how large it is. Uh, they say that it took 500 years to build it, all that they wanted to do with it. It must be, (laughs) it must be about 200 times bigger than where we are sitting right now. But to me, to me, it is large, it is immense, it is gaudy, it is ugly. Every single time I have come to this spot, every single time, Maybe it's because I haven't been here enough, but every single time I come in here, I'm telling you, I look in this, this building, don't know who designed it, but you know there's an old saying, where there is design, there is a designer. Uh, that applies in a lot of ways. Every single time I have come in here, I look at this building, and I think this to myself. This is just me, okay? I think to myself, this has got to be one of the most beautiful church buildings I have ever seen. Maybe the most beautiful. I'm not exactly what all it is except the the layout of it, the, the design. And these beams are beautiful, But I'll tell you something, I don't think it matters much to God. I really don't. Well, the North Side Church of Christ. Been here for the most part, my wife and I, to visit in the last two and a half months. Uh, and I know, just what I know. In the last two and a half months, you all, the North Side Church of Christ, you have been through so much. Just in the last two and a half months. Now, let me mention just a few things that I personally know about. Just a few things. Several of you have had COVID. Landon and Sherry Samuel were very sick with it. It took a long time. Landon's mother, Carolyn, had a terrible accident. What, nine bones broken? She's a sweet lady. Sweet lady. Trying to recover from all of that. Who else? Denise. Is Denise here this morning? Denise lost... Her daughter, total granddaughter, Denise's granddaughter, I understand her name is also Denise, lost her mother. And it goes on. And then Karen Thomas, not long ago, your wife lost her is stepsister, a sister, sister, to COVID. And the list, I suppose, goes on and on and on. About five weeks, I was five weeks ago. I was asked to by Corey if I would be willing to preach on September the fifth. Well, here I am, for better or for worse. And I know some of you are probably, yeah, it's going to be for worse. You know, well, you know, you, you're entitled to your own opinion, I guess. But I really do hope I can be somewhat encouraging to you this morning. And when Corey asked me if I would preach on September the 5th, I did not have a clue as to what was about to come down (laughs) and did come down this past Wednesday night. What does God want for you? Is it true that sometimes, you know the old adage, when it rains, it pours? (laughs) Have you ever felt that? Haven't most all of us seen that in our own individual lives? What about in the church? Can it be that way too in the church? Why, of course it can be. Do I have this contraption on right. I don't want you sitting up here like these young people laughing at me. Maybe that's for some other reason. I don't know. (laughs) I hope I have this on here right. When it rains, it pours. Sometimes in life, it seems like it can be just for a little while at least, just things are going by smoothly. Have you ever noticed this? And then all of a sudden, it's like a period of time, and something hits you. You get kicked, so to speak. And you can barely begin to get through that before something else comes. And then something else, and something else. I suppose that way in churches as well. I'm so sorry for all of the struggles and the pain and the difficulty that you have had to go through. And now, as of last Wednesday night, your preacher Lamb made the announcement that he and Laura Beth and their sons are leaving. What does God want of all of you? To love one another? To continue to be the family of God located here? to grow in unity, to work together, to forgive one another, to move on in the work of the Lord. I really do believe for the 25 years Susan and I were located in the Bloomington area, we heard so many things. The the times that we would hear about this congregation, so much of it was good. By the way, your singing this morning really encouraged me. Move on in the work of the Lord. Work together. Be united. Forgive. Know that the elders here, it's a difficult task. Don't just be a good church. Be a beautiful church, you say, Well, what in the world do you mean by that i 'm glad you ask because that 's where we 're headed. I hope you 'll take your Bibles this morning and be turning to Romans the eighth chapter i don 't re- i don 't know the name of the young man <clears throat> that was up here a little while ago, but I was almost prepared to say don 't steal my thunder <laughs> I think he read some from Romans chapter eight. <clears throat> Recently, <clears throat> Susan said to me, she I think it was, I don't even remember what it was, what was happening. There's been so much that's happened recently. I think it was right after the the bombing and then the hurricane comes up, starts up through Louisiana, and she said, Susan said to me, What's next? And I said, Don't say that. Don't even say it. What does God want us to do? The North Side Church of Christ. A few hours before Jesus was arrested, I guess a few hours at the most, in Gethsemane, taken back down into Jerusalem, and through late Thursday night into early Friday morning, the false trials. Then he was taken out and beaten. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 52, it shows there clearly that he was beaten so severely that they couldn't even recognize him. Can you believe that? He was unidentifiable. And then at 9 o'clock on Friday morning, he was crucified. But before that, before that, on Thursday evening, There Jesus and his apostles are in an upstairs room somewhere in Jerusalem, and Jesus says this in part to his apostles. I know you remember this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. You know, he said to his apostles, you know the way to the place where I am going. I've been convinced for many years, and I'm still convinced, that when Jesus says, I am going there to prepare a place for you, he wasn't talking about going to heaven to get the hammer and tools out and start you know, because the heavenly kingdom has been prepared for us since when? Maybe, what, the foundations of the world? Matthew chapter 25? I'm still convinced that Jesus may, may very well have even pointed in that direction of that old hill. I'm going, to make, I'm going to open up the way. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to open up the way. you to go there to heaven. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. What does God want? He wants you, he wants us to be a beautiful church of the Lord. What does that mean? We're going to get into that. By the way, have I told you That Susan and I have six grandchildren. And many of you are already thinking, especially you older people are probably no, and we appreciate that. And some of you up here on the front, you younger people, are thinking, but preacher, you're you're much too young to have grandchildren. I know you're thinking that. But we do. Susan and I have six grandchildren, and three of them. Are with us here this morning and one is little Elise you can barely see the top just the top of her head over here with her mommy daddy that's Elise she's one and a half and then we have her brother Joel and he's four and then we have the one you probably know the best is Justice Uh, that's because he's here most of the time Justice is two. And I want to go ahead and say, Nana and I, they call me Pawpaw. That's like two paws on a dog, okay? There's also, there's also a fruit called a Pawpaw, but don't you dare do that. Pawpaw, it's like so, that's fine. You know what? I love when they call me Pawpaw. Susan loves when they call her Nana. There is not anything in this world that I would not do for those two little boys over there. There's not anything I would not do for that little girl named Elise. Oh, by the way, their mommies and daddies, they're okay too. Well, most of the time. Well, some of the time, I'm just kidding, y'all relax, y'all relax, it's all right. Little children, little children, infants, little babies, one year old, two, three, four years old, do you think possibly that they are beautiful to God? I love them so much. They they are so deep in me and Nana's hearts. Do you know why? They are so deep because we love them so much. And because, can I put it this way? They are mine. They are mine. They are ours. Well, <clears throat> I hope you'll notice the handout that I gave you this morning. I need to move on because I don't want to keep you here until, what, Lanca- uh, Macalester's, I almost said Lancaster's. I don't know where that is. Until McAllister's closes tonight at 9, I promise not to do that, so I'm going to move on. I want you to notice the handout this morning. I hope you'll be able to make use of that and fill that in, maybe take it with you, maybe it'll be of some, of some help. But anyway, um, you see there that there are a lot of descriptions for the church, uh, what the church is, Then there are many more in the New Testament. The church is what? The church is the saved. The church is the reconciled unto God, the redeemed. The church is those who have been baptized into Christ and born again. See all of that list, long list. Uh, we'll we'll go ahead and skip over a few of them, but then I really really love this one. It's First John chapter three and verse one. And John there, who writes First John, this old apostle, old by then, he is writing, and he's writing to the church. Do you know what he says in First John chapter three and verse one? Writing to the church. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called what? Tell me, what does he say? Children. Children of God, and that is what we are. Isn't that encouraging? Little children, why are they beautiful to God? Oh, you say they're just so cute that, you know, those little ones... See some little ones, It's just so cute, those little boys, two years old, those little girls with long blonde hair or long black hair and dark eyes, oh, that might be about a tenth of it. I want you to be thinking why these little, little children are so beautiful to God. Well, I <clears throat> hope you are at Romans chapter 8 because one thing for sure those children of God that are beautiful to him, refuse to think small. Refuse to think small. Remember Moses, whenever he's guiding the Israelites across from Egypt, taking them to the promised land, and they say, oh Moses, Moses, the land is beautiful. The, the, the dirt is so fertile. Look, we brought back one cluster of grapes, just just one. Took two men to carry it, you know, with a pole. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of that discussion, ten, that's the vast majority, ten out of twelve say what? What is it that they say? Oh, Moses. Moses. The the people over there, they are giants. They are so powerful. And, and and the the cities are well fortified, <clears throat> and then they say this, just about puts the if you will kibosh on the whole thing, or they're trying to. And Moses, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. We are nothing. We can't do this. What is happening everywhere today? Whatever you think about wearing masks, and there must be a hundred different opinions. Whatever you think about vaccines, Susan and I have had two each so far. So much that is happening, it seems like all over the world. In the United States, I'll just throw out a few. In Cuba, in Afghanistan, in Haiti, on and on it can go. In Russia, in China. You say, is the world about to end? Part of it is because there are men and women who want power There are men and women who want kingdoms. Some of them already have a lot of power, and guess what? They want more. That is part of it. I know we remember when Jesus was on earth. Jesus was fully a human and completely God. And remember the time when the devil comes to him and throws out these temptations to Jesus? Do you remember the one? Do you remember that one? The Bible says the devil takes him up on a high mountain and shows him, shows to Jesus in an instant all of the kingdoms of the world, this one that was God and man all at the same time. And the devil says to him, Jesus, doesn't this look good? You would like to have all of this, wouldn't you? I can give it to you. All you have to do is, what did he say? All you have to do is bow down and worship me and Jesus said what? Get out of here. Get away from me. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. A lot of what is happening today, I suggest to you, is about power. Men and women who want power, and if they've got some, they want even more. But listen, That's not all of it. That's not near all of it. That's not the main source of it all, not by a long shot. Because that enemy of the people, the enemy of all the people, black, white, red, and brown, the Bible says this about that enemy of all the people, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, he is the one who holds the power of death Jesus refers to him as a liar and a murderer from the beginning, John chapter 8. This one, this being, so hates God, and he so hates all of those who have been created in the image of that God whom he hates. Oh, the devil hates you and me. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12, it says of Satan, the devil, he was long ago cast down to the, to the earth, to the heart of the sea. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. So what have we got today? What have we got today? Everywhere, fear, fear, it's like a blanket covering the earth. We've got fear and uncertainty about almost everything, don't we? And and division, don't we? Let me just use one, one little illustration again. You don't know of anybody. I mean, I, know, I want to talk now about good, solid Christian families. You don't know of anybody in families like that that have any divisive spirit at all about these, do you? Do you do? A lot of you shake, smiling, shaking your head. You do. Wow. <laughs> Do you know of any churches that have any problems with, shall I say it, divisiveness, division over something like this? No, I'm not talking about because it's got Indiana on it either. Do you? In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul wrote Romans in the middle of the first century A.D., Wrote to the church, probably a lot of congregations right there in, right in the heart of Rome, right in the heart of this middle, a uh, 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 terrible, evil, ungodly empire. The church located there in Rome in the middle of the first century. You know who their emperor was? Nero. Have you read anything about Nero? I don't know. Maybe he was he he was somewhat like. Well, we're more familiar now with the Taliban, right? I suppose he was somewhat like them, ruthless, cruel, a murderer, a pervert in every way. With that backdrop and within that context, the Apostle Paul writes to the church there in the city of Rome and says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Why, Nero was condemning people all day long. Many Christians, have you ever read this? Many Christians he had impaled on long stakes, pointy stakes, had the stakes driven in the ground in his gardens and had those lit at night as torches for his gardens, things like that, had his own mother murdered. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Later on, Romans 8, so beautiful, so comforting, so powerful. What shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I guess a lot of people can be against us. I guess a lot of people can try to condemn us. But listen, Christians, listen, my brothers and sisters, they shall not prevail against our eternal souls. the church that is pleasing and very beautiful to god refuses to think small got to beautiful church will rise above the fear and the uncertainty and the divisiveness don't we have a lot to live for if god is for us Well, the church that is pleasing and very beautiful to God always stands tall. When I get done with this, you're going to say, boy, that was poetic, you know, those four little points. (laughs) The beautiful church always stands tall. Listen, are there people, think with me now, are there people that in all of this sinful world, all the lusting for power, the hate, fear, uncertainty, the divisiveness, the death, that are still beautiful to God? Who are they? These little children. Why? You say, oh, they're so cute! And those little girls? That's just a little bit of it. What's most of it? Think now. Honest. Not arrogant. Humble trusting in their mommies and daddies. They're very trusting, loving. Oh, and there's there's some others too. What about this one? Have you ever seen these little, little boys and girls, maybe two, three years old, and they start fussing just a little bit? And you know what happens about two minutes later? You know what happens? Put their arms around one another, and they're laughing again, skipping off down the path to play. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away. My words will never pass away. Oh, I like this one a lot. Psalm 119 verse 89, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Sounds like it's going to be around a long time, doesn't it? In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the word of God is living and active. Listen, the truth is not obsolete. The truth is absolute. The truth is not relative, but relevant always. The truth is unchangeable. It is immutable. What does God want? What in part makes up a beautiful church? The church that's seeking the truth, always knows the truth, stands firm on the truth. In the covers of this book, we call it Holy In the covers of this book, so many truths, and you put it all together and you get the truth. The truth about what? Let me give you a few examples. The truth about God, that He is, that there is only one God but three persons, that God is the Creator, He is eternal. And that's the truth. The truth about man created in God's image. What was it Jesus said Matthew chapter 19? For as it is said in the beginning, as it is written, God created them male and female. Is there a period after that? How many genders is that? He created them male and female. That's it. And that's the truth. Man's problem, it is sin. The truth about love, oh my. <laughs> Have so many in this world tried to change up that one? The truth about love. The truth about being saved, that we can be saved eternally. The truth about that, how that happens, and what the church is. The truth about marriage and family one man, one woman for life. That's what God said, that's what God wants. The truth about morality and what God has said about homosexuality. What God has said. What God has said about adultery and fornication. The truth that states, honor your father and your mother. When was that last said or first said? 3,500 years ago? And it's still the truth. Honor your father and your mother. Truth is unchangeable. It's immutable. It is not obsolete. It is absolute. The truth about so many other things. Here's just a few more. The truth about life. Life is sacred. Psalm 139. The truth about heaven and hell. They do exist. The truth about how we must know and teach the truth. All of these and more. The beautiful church, the one that is after God's own heart, the congregation of the church of the Lord that is beautiful in his eyes, refuses to think small, always stands tall. It's sounding poetic already, isn't it? Not long ago, I watched a man being interviewed on a major news program on television, and he said this, and when he said it, it just sort of made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. He said, by the way, he said, I have my own truth. And I, uh uh-huh, yeah, oh yeah. That's when there's trouble. It's when perhaps maybe even millions of people in any one nation somehow come to the conclusion Uh, that whatever is right is what I say is right, then you've got problems. This is the standard. That's it. Well, the church that is pleasing, beautiful to God, I know I'm probably already up in an hour and a half of preaching now, but just hang on because you will, McAllister's is still going to, or Taco Bell. Anybody go to Taco Bell? I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Anyway, um, hope to finish up here fairly soon. The church after God's own heart, the church that is beautiful to God, God is there all. God is their all. What is God, our Father and Creator, like? He is good, right? He is good. God is love. Our God is always faithful, always You know, when the Lord God is everything to a person, so many other, if you notice this, I know you have. When the Lord God is everything to a person, a whole lot of other things just seem like they start to fall into place. Relationships, you know, things like that. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36, Jesus was asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? He replied, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and some versions even say with all your strength. I suppose that means with your physical strength, with, you know, love God with your body, the things that you do with your body. Listen, God doesn't merely want to be tolerated (laughs) just a little bit (laughs) if we think we have to. God doesn't want people to think of Him as 10th on their list of most important. God doesn't want a person to think about Him only when there is some tragedy or a major problem in life. God wants you and me to really, truly, genuinely love Him. Doesn't the only true and living God deserve the love and adoration of all who have been created in his very image? Surely it is not wrong of our God and Savior that the world, that he would want the world to love him. Surely it's not wrong of him that he would want us, his children, to love him. Remember the church at Ephesus, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4, they had done a lot of things right, but something happened. Jesus said, I hold this against you. Remember that passage. He said, you've lost your first love. Translation, you don't love me anymore. Isn't that sad? You don't love me anymore. What happens in a marriage if a husband and wife, they get married, but they never really loved each other to begin with? Not very good. Not very many good things, huh? What happens in a marriage relationship, husband and wife, the well, they get married, they really do love each other, but after a while, things start to happen, you know, and pressures of life, all kinds of things happen, and and they don't nurture the love. They don't Any longer do the kindnesses the little things for each other. Stop talking most likely. What happens? Not much that is good. The church that is pleasing and beautiful to God, God is their all. They refuse to think small, rise above the fear and the uncertainty and the division rise above that, always stands tall. And fourthly, that church that is beautiful to the Lord God answers to the call. Sounds like a poem, doesn't it? (laughs) First Peter chapter 2, believe it or not, I'm almost done. Just hang with me here a little while. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, to people baptized into Christ and born again, Peter writes, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen. Living in the world yet called out of and away from how this old wicked world lives and thinks and behaves, away from division. and fear, and racism, and hatred, away from envy. So we live and proclaim Christ by how we live, and by what we say, too. Recently had the opportunity to talk to an uncle of mine. He's way up in years. He's 87. I call that way up in years. He's 87 years old. He had a a major heart attack several months ago, had to have a valve replacement, almost died in the hospital, but he did recover, finally made it home. Then he was comfortable enough for me to come over and visit him without having to wear a mask in his home. So here I am, I'm I'm sitting in his living room with him, and I said to him, I said, Uncle, I mean, that's not his first name, but I will use his first name, (laughs) I said, Uncle, Uncle, I'm not trying to judge you. I don't mean to do that. Not at all. But I said, if I really believe what I say I do, and if I care for people, I've got to talk to them. So I talked to him. I don't know that I did any good at all. (laughs) But you know, when I left, he thanked me. He thanked me. Well, you know, I think all of us could probably do that. It's it's helped me personally just to, whenever I approach people to say something like that, um, if I really believe what I say I do, and I love people, then I've got to talk to them. Or you could say, talking to a friend or someone at school, you could say, well, I'd like to tell you about my best friend. You know, and then you tell that person about Jesus. Or you can say, Let me tell you what, what Jesus has done for me. Oh, we can all do that, can't we? Well, I hope you'll think about as what has been said this morning. And may God help you, the North Side Church of Christ, not just to be a really good church, but to be a beautiful church in the eyes of God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. Obey the gospel and be saved. Um, The plan is simple, but it's still powerful. Repenting of your sins and being baptized into Christ. And he will make you into a new creation in his sight.